0: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm PJ Doran. And this week, we're recapping the race season. Moto America, the home of the AMA
1: Superbike Championship, featuring 190 mile-an-hour superbikes, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Tickets, info, and complete 2021 schedule are available at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets. Nine rounds of the best racing on two wheels featuring those 190 mile an hour Ono superbikes are all available. All 20 races air live on Fox Sports. Don't miss a minute of action, practice, qualifying races, and video on demand with Moto America Live Plus streaming. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we want to thank again Moto America for being our sponsor in 2021. Thank you so much for all the racing action. In motorcycle racing news, we have results from the MotoGP Aragon Spain round. Bagnaya on top of a resurgent Marc Marquez over Joan Mir. From Moto America, we had the New Jersey round. In Superbike 1, Jake Gagne came out on top of Matthew Skoltz and Tony Elias. Superbike 2, Gagne, Skoltz, Heron on that podium. Superbike 3, they did have three races this weekend. Gagne clinched the title over Skoltz and Heron. We'll talk about that later. In Stock 1000 class, Jake Lewis clinched the title with the win over Ashton Yates and Mike Selpie. In Supersport Race 1 from New Jersey, Sean Dillon Kelly over Escalante and Lockoff. In Supersport Race 2, Lockoff came out on top of Sean Dillon Kelly, who managed to clinch the title with that second place over Richie Escalante. From the American Flat Track Series, we had the Sacramento Mile 1. With the Mission Super Twins Challenge, results being Halbert on top of Briar Bauman and Jared Mies In the Super Twins Main, we had Mies on top of Vanderkoy and Briar Bauman. And in race two, the Sacramento Mile 2 Mission Super Twins Challenge was Mies Halbert Bauman. And in the main, we had Mies over Brian Smith and Bauman.
0: In off-road racing, we've got results from the Mountaineer in Beckley, West Virginia. In XC1 racing, Stuart Baylor brings it home over Benjamin Kelly, followed uh, by third, Jordan Ashburn. In XC2 racing, Jonathan Gurrier takes it home with first over Craig DeLong followed in third by Michael Wachowski. In point standings now in XC1, you've got Benjamin Kelling taking the lead, sitting on 237 points. Followed closely, it's a four-point gap back to Stuart Baylor, sitting in second, followed by Jordan Ashburn in third, who's 58 points back. In XC2 standings, Jonathan Goye continues to lead with 262 over Craig DeLong's 223. And sitting in third is Cody Barnes at 160. In MXGP action from Bitchy, the Afreon Turkey round, round 9 of 18 in MXGP. Jeffrey Hurlings comes home with the win, taking first, followed by Tim Geyser, followed by Antonio Cairoli in third. So your standings now in MXGP class, Tim Geyser has got a nice lead at 355 over in Roman Fabre, who's 28 points back, and Antonio Cairoli, who's 29 points back. In MX2 action, Tom Vial comes out and wins it, takes first, followed by Maxime Renaud sitting in second, and Mattia Gaudagnini takes third. In your standings in MX2, Maxime Renault continues to lead, sitting on 361, followed by Mattia Gaudagnini with 312, and Iago Geertz sitting in third on 290 points. In outdoor motocross action, the final round of Hangtown Motocross, Rancho Cordova, California. The 450 class, Dylan Ferrandez, takes the win on his Yamaha with a 1-3, followed closely by Eli Tomac with a 4-1 for second overall. And third goes to Cooper Webb, with a 3-2. And with that win, Dylan Ferrandez did clinch the title for 2021. And a 250 class, Justin Cooper goes 1-1 for first overall over Joe Shimoda on his Kawasaki with a 4-2 for second overall, followed by RJ Hampshire with a 2-6 for third. And also your 250 class was wrapped up with that round, and Jet Lawrence wins the 250 National Championship, but more on that later on in the show.
1: We've had an amazing Moto America season this year. Things of note this season from my perspective have been the return uh, from the couch of one Tony Elias and the arrival of Loris Baz. It's great to continue to see international involvement in our national road race series. It continues to validate it. And it's really nice when uh, our American riders don't necessarily hand over the cup so quickly, as has been the case with one Uber dominant Jake Gagne, superbike rider for the Yamaha team. 16 straight wins. There have been 17 superbike races in Moto America this season, and that means he's only missed one. And it was the first one. Sadly, he had a mechanical, otherwise, he very well could be sitting on what is almost a perfect season as it stands. Again, Jake Gagne has won 16 straight races. It's a first in the Moto America series of all time. There are two Superbike races left, yet to be run in Barber. And it would be an amazing scene to see Jake Gagne go out with a total of 18 continuous wins in a row. It's just unheard of, and all hats off to him. The performance that he and his team have put together this season has been amazing, and it's really the standout uh, item of note in moto america there certainly have been other items of note another guy who came off the couch this season was one jake lewis didn't have a ride it looked like for the year of 2021 lo and behold he came up with one and what does he do he goes out and wins two titles he has locked up moto america stock 1000 title with one round to go and he has also won the race within a race that superbike Cup series that runs while they're running the Superbike class Jake's on track on his stock 1000 bike and he has dominated that as well congratulations to Jake Lewis for never giving up on his abilities never giving up on the dream of racing motorcycles for titles he has done it yet again he's just been incredible to watch all season and his tenacity has served him well throughout the year so again congratulations Jake Lewis And then, of course, there is Sean Dylan Kelly, the amazing young man in the Supersport Series. He has locked it up as well. His form, his consistency have been amazing this season. There have been other challengers, Escalante and others, that have given him a run, but his performance has just been spectacular. His ability to stay calm, stay consistent, has served him well throughout the season. We look forward to many more things from Sean Dylan Kelly.
0: Look at his poise at his age, 19 years old, and just holding it steady throughout the year. Just amazing to watch. Just a talented rider, like you said.
1: Yeah, we look forward to so much more from him. It seems like just yesterday we were all nationally hearing about his name at the Daytona 200, the running of the Daytona 200. He was a 16-year-old young man, and he was a force to be reckoned with from day one at 16 when he was running that Daytona 200. So it's been an impressive run this year.
0: Yeah, great seasons all around for everybody. And going back to Jake Gagne, your point about 16 in a row, which is an amazing stat. And uh, the the one thing I read that I thought was most amazing, and I saw an interview with uh, the boss of Moto America, Wayne Rainey. He actually tied Wayne Rainey's record for ninth in the overall list of winning consecutive races in a row in, in American Superbikes. So now he's got that uh, bragging rights, potentially bragging rights, if he seals it out for the rest of the year and wins two more over his boss. I thought that was kind of neat.
1: Oh, yeah. And further, the next guy on that list that he could pass potentially this coming weekend at Barber would be one Nicky Hayden for overall wins in the Moto America series.
0: That's a lofty list of talent uh, that he's up against. And it's great to see. He really just dominated the series and just looked steady and strong. Never had a weak point throughout the whole year other than that mechanical. So really been a great season all year, man. Love to watch it. We've got uh, outdoor motocross finale was at uh, Hangtown MX this last weekend. And really, what a great season for the rookie in the 450 class, Dylan Ferrandez. Nobody really expected him to do this well. They, they thought he would do real well, but not this well. Just... A strong season all along. He never finished worse than fifth throughout the season. Was always on the podium. Just a model of consistency. It was great to see and uh, unexpected but fun to watch. And uh, his enthusiasm for the sport and the way the fans reacted to Dylan when he would celebrate a win was just great to see. Just uh, really enjoyed watching him race this year. Now, there were some late comers in the season. Eli Tomac bloomed a little bit late this year. Gave him a run towards the end of the series, as well as uh, Cooper Webb, who came on strong. Actually led some motos late in the year, but uh, Dylan was just too strong and too steady and uh, really deserved that win, and uh, Mr. Consistency wins the sausage, so it was great to see. I don't know how much of that action you got to see, PJ, but uh, he was just so steady and strong. He was, and what really struck me about Ferrandis,
1: um, other than you're absolutely correct, he is obvious joy in racing a motorcycle was something to behold, but he just seemed to have the second half of every moto so covered. He'd measure everybody. Oftentimes, he didn't lead. I mean, he certainly had his fair share of hole shots, but if he was second or third, anywhere in the top five, you knew he was coming through at about the halfway marker, and he proved it weekend after weekend that he just had so much stamina in the second half of motos in the worst of conditions too.
0: Yeah, they say you win your championships on your worst day. And uh, I think Dylan proved that this whole season. And an interesting wrinkle in the 450 class is uh, Eli Tomac, who won the last moto of the year this year for Kawasaki, is now leaving the team and is going to join Dylan Ferrandez on that Star Racing Monster Energy Yamaha team for 2022. So you're going to have a pretty strong team at Yamaha for next year when you've got Eli Tomac and Dylan Ferrandez defending his title in that class. So it's going to be, I think next year, I thought this year was great racing. Next year is going to be even better.
1: that's quite a regime change. Uh, Tomac has been a Kawasaki rider for as long as I remember.
0: It's been a long time, right, Dave? Yeah. He's been racing for 12 seasons. And I think uh, six of those were with Kawasaki where she won four titles. That's quite a, quite a laundry list of success for a guy that, uh, Jumped from one brand to another and uh, just just stayed steady. That uh, Supercross championship, I think, was his toughest one. But be as strong as he was for as long as he was was great to see. In yeah. uh, the 250 class, that was also decided. Uh, Jet Lawrence, another rookie in the class, a very young man. He's 18 years old from Australia, has won the season series. Now, he had a lot of ups and downs throughout the season. A lot of people really didn't expect him to clinched the championship against the strong Justin Cooper because Justin's been just so, so fast on that Yamaha. In fact, he won both motos this last weekend. But uh, Jet was able to come back from some from some pretty bad wrecks throughout the year and still get within striking distance and then finally took the lead a couple of races ago and into the final event. Congratulations to Jet Lawrence and also joined by his brother on uh, the podium for the season who finished third in the year, so they kind of bookended Justin Cooper in the results. And uh, it was great to see these two brothers that came from Australia and came up and uh, raced in the uh, U.S. Nationals and just looked so strong and steady. Just I love to see when rookies come out and just surprise everybody. But his final moto for the, for the year, he finished fifth, but it was just enough to squeak by four points over Justin Cooper. So great racing and a great young man. He's got a big future ahead of him. I'd
1: say they both do, and uh, we're going to see a lot more battles between those two brothers, I have to believe, for podium finishes for a long time to come. They're both pretty young.
0: One last bit of news that came out of that uh, outdoor motocross series was that USA will not be sending a team to the motocross of nations for 2021. So that was big news, and I believe Australia won't be sending a team either. There's a lot of rumors that it's COVID-related. Travel's going to be difficult. So, uh, Nobody going to Italy this year, and uh, everybody's basically done for the year until Supercross, which starts 1st of uh, 2022. We can hope that next year that situation will change as we love
1: having our country represented at that race. Uh, it's a big deal internationally, and it's a lot
0: of bragging rights. You are correct, PJ. and. Uh, this is the uh, 40th anniversary of uh, Team USA winning their first motocross of nations. 2021 is uh, September of 2021 is the anniversary of that event. So it's kind of sad that they're not going to go and defend that uh, that history of uh, USA becoming the dominant force in motocross back in 1981. Uh, I remember those events and I remember those years and it was outstanding, just awesome to watch and the uh, patriotism that the team carried and uh, we're going to miss that this year.
1: In another American racing series we love to talk about, American Flat Track, Super Twins is going to go down to the wire. Jared Mees just resumed the lead in the last race over Briar Bauman. He has a towering four points. So it is going to be a winner-take-all type situation, I believe, at the final race coming up in October down in the Carolinas. In the production twins class, however, Corey Texter just clinched with seven wins. It was a great season for him. Congratulations. We look forward to that final race because it is going to be a brouhaha. Mees and Briar Bauman have been trading the series lead back and forth, and it, no one's had a commanding lead as yet. Obviously, it will be at the final race.
0: Yeah, it just goes to show you, you can never count Jared Meese out. He is, he is a gamer. Always has been a gamer and uh, just shows how strong that Indian team is overall and flat track to just dominate that uh, super twin series. In MotoGP, the big news for me
1: is CODA is on. Circuit of the Americas down there in Austin is actually going to happen. It was confirmed October 3rd. That race is going to happen. Can't wait. Highlights for this season thus far, well, Let's start with the points. Fabio Corderaro, countryman to one Dylan Frandes, Frenchman, does have the lead, sitting on 214 points over Francesco Bagnaya on 161, and the reigning champ, Johan Mir, sitting at 157. We've got five rounds of action to go, so it's not over, but Corderaro definitely has what looks like a healthy lead. The real backstories of this season, though, have been the up-and-down return of Marc Marquez, an eight-time World's Champion We all expected amazing things from him. He's proven himself to be superhuman, it seems, at so many points in his career. And he's shown moments of glory, no doubt about it. This past weekend was one of them. But he has also struggled a lot, crashed a lot. And it was a long time that he was out with this injury. And it's proving to be more difficult than anything in his career to this point has proven to be. It's really awesome to see him race, Dave. He's been incredibly fast when it mattered, and he's also been incredibly crashing. It's hard to watch sometimes.
0: Yes, it is, but he knew, you know he's going to pull it out eventually sometime. And, he, you know, this last event where he finished second, a close second, it was good to see. I think he's maybe got the spark back. But one thing about MotoGP you can never deny is there's always drama, right? So our rider, Maverick Vinales, who uh, I guess unceremoniously was let go from Yamaha not too long ago and moved to Aprilia. Didn't really have a great weekend, finishing 18th for his initial round out on that Aprilia. What do you think about that, man? I I think he's going to get more
1: speed on it, and he showed moments of speed in practice, and his teammate clearly is making that bike sing on a regular basis. So... I'm hopeful Vinales gets it back. He's yet to really prove in the premier class that he has all the things that everyone assumed he had, say, four or five years ago. It just hasn't played out uh, the way we'd all hoped. We all thought he was going to be the next Mark Marquez, and maybe he yet will be. It's just taken him a while to find his legs and speed, it would seem.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think once they get that Aprilia sorted for him and get it dialed in for him, he's going to be a force. And Aprilia is just so strong, and they're coming on strong even in Moto America on that twins bike. So you can't uh, you can't count Aprilia out. They're just a a well thought out, well pl- uh, planned uh, brand that's going to attack the series.
1: Absolutely, it's a le- it's a legitimate championship challenger it would seem they have been for a good part of this season so it's it's heartening to see that the other big news as we know dave is the announcement of the retirement of no doubt no argument one of the greatest racers of all time valentino rossi is announced he will be ending his career at the end of this season It's going to be a huge loss, uh, I would hazard to say, not just for MotoGP, for road racing the world over and arguably racing the world over. He's one of the most identifiable racers the world has ever known.
0: You know, one of the things I took away from that MotoGP race is Francesco Bagnaia is one of his students, basically tutored underneath uh, the doctor, as they like to call him. And uh, who was more excited for his win this last weekend when Bagnaia won? at Aragon. Who was more excited for him than uh, than Rossi? It was nobody. great to
1: see. Yeah, nobody was. And yeah, that's the silver lining to the Rossi retiring news is that he's not really retiring. He already owns multiple race teams. He is already fostering and developing and training the next round, the next generation, if you will, of world's fastest racers. He's already doing it. So the guy is not going to be absent from racetracks or the racing scene in any way. In World Superbike Racing, the points stand with top rock, Rosgotlioglu sitting on 370 points ahead of Jonathan Ray on 363 and Scott Redding on 298. There are five rounds to go, so this series is still absolutely wide open. It could be either one of those guys. Series for the taking.
0: In upcoming events, we've got MXGP of Sardinia in Sardo, Sardinia, which is Italy, September 19th.
1: In Moto America Racing, we've got Barber the weekend of September 17th through 19th. In World Superbike, we're going to Catalonia September 17th through the 19th. And MotoGP will be in Misano, Italy, September the 19th.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you can never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog.
1: This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Haverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ Dorn. And I'm Dave Sulecki. We'll see you next week. Have a wheelie good day. Sports stars. They're like superheroes.
0: But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them.
1: You see...